So, can you hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Unfortunately. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah, so you're back. Our listeners will hopefully come back because apparently no one wants to listen to me when I put quality production value into an episode. Thank you all for tuning in to the Dragoon's Lair podcast where I'm just screaming into the void. We are your perfect strangers. I am your cousin Larry Appleton, the Blue Dragoon himself, Daniel the Dragon. And with me is my Balky Bartokamus himself, Bronson Pinchot. Because yes, he actually looks like Bronson Pinchot. I've gotten Bronson Pinchot. I've gotten uh, Andy Garcia. I've gotten Andy Pettit. And I've gotten Ray Romano. Yes, well, you are definitely... Peter Boyle. No, no, no. Yeah, P- Peter Boyle, absolutely. I don't see it, I'm sorry. But I definitely see the Bronson pinch out. Absolutely. Was on bloody. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I, I was watching the first... I, I'm on the third season. How many uh, seasons were there? I, I don't even remember, but I, I'm, I'm like... I have at least like four seasons of it, so I'm watching. I forgot the first two seasons. Like, they blended together in my mind. Okay. I literally was thinking that Perfect Strangers was like, okay, they did one season, they were wor- like in the smaller apartment, and then they got the bigger apartment in the second season because that's when they brought in Harriet, the mom from Family Matters, as the elevator operator, and it was like, oh, okay, this is where they, they start the crossover and give Family Matters its own show, where it was like, because it was supposed to be about the Winslows at first, and then Urkel just took off and took over. Yeah. But no, so I was like, oh, it's the third season? I was like, okay, I remember this, the third season intro. The first season intro, I kind of remembered. I remember just like him, like the, Larry like, leaving like Wisconsin or wherever he was coming yeah, from to he, go to Chicago. Yeah. And then uh, Balky was on like the back of a goat. Well, he's riding back on the cart. back of a cart. Yeah. Like, yeah, America or a bus. America or a bus, yes. <laughs> yeah. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be our... Well, how would how would you phrase this? Our patriotic episode, because it we are recording it for the July weekend. Yes. So we, we decided to give it... We're going to talk about patri- patriotic or American-based movies. Yeah, well, like movies, some, TV shows. Movies, TV shows. And, I mean, what's more American than Perfect Strangers? Exactly. A foreigner coming to America, living with a foreign cousin. Living with a foreign cousin. And trying to figure out life in general. Did he ever become a citizen? I think he did. Finally. Well, he became a citizen by the time that he married, um, what was her, Marianne. There you go. <laughs> so he, he became, he got one, he's, he's a green card husband. Yeah, and um, what was it? And then you figure, Larry, he, he, got the, he got the flight attendant of his dreams. So, you know, where's the flight attendant of my dreams? I don't know. I don't know. She missed the flight. <laughs> Probably. But yeah, so I want to thank everyone for not listening to my episode with production quality. You know, you could still check it out. It has the Craven trailer that I watched along with the Haunted Mansion trailer. Which I want to see. That actually made me... Yeah, I'm the, like, I want to go see Haunted Mansion. Yeah, the Haunted Mansion trailer really stood out. Craven, eh, but Haunted Mansion, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. this is where it needed to be. Yes. And it's a great cast. I just hope they don't try to do to that what they did with Pirates, like make a franchise out of it. Because 
the way they did Pirates of the Caribbean, it was good. Like the first three films told their story. Yes, it was based on a ride, but it worked. Don't see them doing this with the Haunted Mansion. Well, the problem. I think it's just a one and done film. Well, the problem with Pirates of the Caribbean, real or Caribbean, however you want to pronounce it, but the problem really boils down to they did three. Which, and it should have stopped because and, three told its story. Yes. They did a fourth one that everyone completely forgets about. No, I saw that one. No, I saw it too. And it ended with a cliffhanger that it. was never resolved. Right. And they then just went into the last one. So it's had five movies. Yeah. Five movies in a franchise that you're literally sitting there and you're like, three was done. It was a trilogy. You could have stopped right then. Should have stopped there. But now that they're talking about rebooting it. Yeah, they talk about rebooting a lot of things. And I don't know how I feel about constantly rebooting everything. Yeah, no. Some things should be just left alone. Listen, we Harry Potter, the movies did a great job. Mm-hmm. Now you're at now Max wants us to buy into a new group of actors coming in to play these parts. Each season is supposed to be like the book, which, yes, there were certain things that would have been nice to see from the books, but that doesn't mean that <laughs> we need a series. Then, if they want to make a Harry Potter series, new class. Yeah, well, that it should just be. I mean, let's face it. I, Doug and I have talked. It's about like about that uh, Hogwarts Legacy game. And that's telling a story from other characters and stuff. So that's what it should be. Right. Like, but let's follow Harry, Ron, and Hermione again. No, 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 no. no, no we no. did that already. We already have, like... Been there, done that. What, uh, like 48 hours worth of film? Yeah, it, a little too much, if you ask me. Hmm. But, so we've basically gone, and now we've had so much going on that I kind of sat there, and I'm like, I've looked at the, I looked at the trailers, looked at stuff that's come out. And I'm getting a little sick and tired of stuff. But I will say, as a, an American, I mean, let's face it. You and I grew up as teenagers in the 90s. Mm-hmm. So were you watching wrestling in the 90s? Yes. Okay. I started dipping out in the 90s because I was getting bored and American Gladiators like really dominated. I watched American Gladiators at uh, 11 o'clock every Saturday morning. Oh, that was, it was amazing to watch. You knew when you heard, Gladiators, ready? Some shit was about to hit the fan. Oh, yeah. You know, I always loved the Gladiators. Yeah. I didn't care about the competitors. I wanted to see the Gladiators dominate. I was the reverse of what their audience was. I always wanted to see. Like, I was First off, I always wanted just to try it. Not going against the gladiators. I just wanted to do like some of the competitions, like like rolling around in a giant hamster ball, yeah, <laughs> and doing some of the other stuff. But when they had like that, um, it was like five different stations, and you have one gladiator on like a pedestal shooting tennis balls at you at ninety miles an hour. Yeah, and you start off with like a gun, and then you start off, then you move down to something different, and then the last thing you have, you have three, and like you're right next to the gladiator. You have like three tennis balls you got to throw at them, and yeah, you, you're trying to hit the target. Yeah. I think that was the assault. The assault. I mean, uh, yeah, that. I was like, I want to try that, and then the giant obstacle course at the end. I'm like, I want to try it without the gladiators trying to kill me. I just want to see if I can do it. <laughs> yeah, the the assault was great. Uh, like that was the one, I think the thing we all tried to do. Like 
even if you were a kid, you did it with the water guns and oh, stuff. Yeah. Now, Netflix did drop a documentary, which is funny because their series is like five episodes. There's like a two episode thing on ESPN mm-hmm. that focuses more on the creator of it that came up with the concept with the guy's an Elvis impersonator. And um, not only that, but he also like they didn't have any of the favorite gladiators in that documentary. Mm-hmm. Netflix gets muscles and mayhem and they have everybody and they have, they don't have the, the main guy, the guy who created it, the mm-hmm. Elvis impersonator, but they've got favorite gladiators like laser zap nitro I wanna, ice. I want to know where they come up with these names. Like we have laser, we have blazer and then we have zap. Yeah, listen, what was more American than American Gladiators at that time? Nothing. Yeah. And then they, remember how they tried to redo it with Hulk Hogan as a commentator? You know what? That actually wasn't bad. It just wasn't the time bringing it back. I mean, Gina Carano was one of the Gladiators. She was one of the Gladiators. Yeah, she was a reason to watch the show. Yep. But Muscles and Mayhem on Netflix, I watched all five episodes, they animate some of the stories, so they do it in kind of like a flash cartoon kind of a deal. So it's kind of fun, but seeing these guys all these years later and like the female gladiators and stuff catching up on what they've done in their lives, it's like, I think, what is it? I think Ice has like a podcast uh-huh. and like a, of, a ton of stuff. A real estate agent? I, yeah, like I think they've all done like a bunch of other stuff and moved on. But a lot of them started off as being actors or they were athletes that like they got hurt. One of the I know one of the guys, one of the male gladiators, he um he was in Mortal Kombat 2. Yes. He, he was the guy who was like the centaur. I don't think so. He was just one of the competitors. But he was like in one of the like the fights, but he wasn't one of the main ones because there was another show that took place late nineties, early two thousands, WMAC Masters. And that was a, like a martial arts like tournament thing that had a story driven in the background and stuff. It was really cool, and that's actually where they got the like a f- couple of the actors for Mortal Kombat. Because the original Mortal Kombat movie, Chris Casamasa on WMAC Masters was known as Chris Casamasa the Red Dragon. And he then went on to do Scorpion and Reptile. And then you had The Machine. He went on to be the guy that um, fights Liu Kang on the beach. Not the guy that I'm talking about is he in the movie, he is Motaro. And he was a gladiator. His name is Darren... McBee. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but he wasn't he wasn't like the machine where he actually took on Liu Kang. He was in one of like the yeah, he was, like lower yeah. like he was just like lower bout air yeah, kind yeah, of fight. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no. So the, I mean, they did a lot of stuff with that, but the American Gladiators Muscles and Mayhem though, it's like they they go real in depth and it really was as American as you can get. I mean, these guys are like the guy is telling stories about going down to Mexico to pick up drug to get steroids because steroids are legal down there, which is funny because I watched the Arnold documentary on Netflix as well. Yeah, I mean, the Arnold documentary is broken up into three parts. Okay, once again, that is about as American a story as you can get. Mm-hmm. Guy, he 
becomes a bodybuilder, travels the world and become and comes to the US. He becomes like as a citizen, he is like promoting bodybuilding. And then like he does all the bodybuilding stuff for the first episode because they break it into three parts. The second part is his film career. And then the third is his his political Political run. And he actually I I didn't realize how good he actually did where he left California in a better place. And the funniest part was he was pissing off both parties by hiring people from the opposite party. Mm-hmm. So uh, you got to give the guy credit. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he did what he set out to do. Now, granted, yes, his personal life, he screwed things up a bit. But, but... you know what? That's why it's called a personal life. If yeah. you can keep your personal life separate from your work life, I don't give a shit what you do in your personal life. Yeah. As long as it doesn't affect me, I don't give a fuck what you do. Yeah, but with the thing was with like the American Gladiators one though, it was so interesting to see all these guys and then hearing about the first half of the first season. They had the guy Titan. Uh-huh. He got knocked off with a human cannonball and he actually went after one of the refs. <laughs> Chased the scrawny guy ref into the crowd and it took like three of the other gladiators to hold him back. I forgot that was shot in front of a live audience. Oh, yeah. The first season was terribly shot. Mm. It was like in an arena, like the joust was on a platform where it was like they would go across and like the P- if you pushed back too far, the platform would fall. So these guys are banging their heads and people were literally getting hurt in the first season where I think they actually went, one of the gladiators got hurt and ended up leaving because of the injury. Yeah. But it was like, there was so much going on on that show that it was just like, truly is about as American as it can get when it comes to competition. And they traveled the entire country. Did and they? This, yeah. They traveled the country. They were doing road shows of like taking on the people in those towns. You know, those guys got no residuals on any of, like, the toys and stuff. They weren't getting money off the toy sales. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's why they actually lost, like, four of the original Gladiators ended up getting fired because the studio didn't want to pay them because they asked for more money. Yeah, well, you know, you make, you're making money off my yeah. looks. Why shouldn't I get something? Because... Yeah, and they... And it really was like they made a bunch of toys and they were marketing it for kids. I remember seeing in the store the joust, it, the giant Q-tip. Yep, I giant was like, Q-tip. it really looked like a giant Q-tip, just a red and bl- a red and blue red Q-tip. And blue, red, and blue, <laughs> red and blue Q-tip. Yeah. So, I mean, it it's something to definitely check out, mm-hmm. like just to see the history of American Gladiators. Because- they didn't touch on the updated version, but. American Gladiators was, in my opinion, a show ahead of its time because it's not really, I mean, you can argue, was it scripted? Was it not scripted? I mean, some of those things, A, you have to be in shape and you want to see, it's like, you know, it was just entertainment, you know? It's like, okay, I want to see guys running around on a giant hamster wheel. at, (laughs) At one point, Remember one of the obstacles they had? They had you um, hanging upside down, 
and you had to run. Oh like, yeah, it was like a, yeah, it was an upside down yeah. like race track. Yeah, you were like you were hooked in, and if you didn't make the turn just right, your harness would get stuck, and you were just sitting there spinning. Yeah, and then the gladiator would just come over and kick you in the head. Oh yeah, they they even talked on that in the documentary to one of the guys who was considered the dirtiest competitor ever on American Gladiators. The guy went, and it was like they told him he was going to have to go and compete against one of like the, the previous champions where they were nice and fresh. He's been filming and like fight, like doing all the competitions. He's like, no, I'm not doing it. He was going to win. And they like found a way to like deduct a five minute penalty just to get like deduct penalties from him And that in the obstacle course at the end, just so he wouldn't win. Mm-hmm. And it was like, but you had the one girl that she was, she's on, she's in the documentary. She won it like three times. There was one guy, he had like a winning streak of like four or five weeks. Yeah. Like, I can't remember his name. Yeah. That, that takes guts. Mm-hmm. Like, and they were filming that all in like a day. Yeah. Like in a week, they were filming an entire season. So that was pretty damn impressive. Mm-hmm. Like I literally saw like what they were doing and I was like from the documentary and I was like, they did that in the in the 90s, 90s. like late, late 80s, 80s early, early 90s. 90s and it was like wow like you could do so much more nowadays mm-hmm. and they tried yeah and i think one of the best ones was the assault yes that that looked like it would be so much fun you're firing off like a nerf rocket launcher like a no, pre- they were firing off tennis balls that are just they were firing tennis balls at the competitors yeah but like the missile looked like it was a nerf missile like they really look like they were using nerf products i mean just imagine i mean getting hit with a puck now because i play hockey i mean it leaves a mar and i'm wearing i'm i'm a goalie and i wear goalie equipment and i have the front of my arms covered but if i get hit in the right spot i'll have like black and blues all over my arm yeah. <laughs> Just imagine getting hit with an air-powered tennis ball launcher. And the only thing you're wearing is a helmet and knee pads. You're just like in spandex. Yeah. The welts the, that must have oh, been the, all over your body. Oh, the tennis balls alone were like... but that Coming was the, at you easily had to be over 90 miles oh, an hour. And the gladiators were attacking. Yes. Like, they, there was no holding back. No. And, and very rarely did the, did the uh, uh, gla- uh, competitors hit the target oh yeah i mean they would have a better shot of just running and trying to trying to like sneak out yeah and, like just survive than hitting the target yeah the the initial one though before it became like the standardized block blocks that they used mm-hmm. they had like a, a little fake wall yep but one of them was like shrubs yep. that the tennis ball could just cut right, right through, through it. so it was like was this really anything <laughs> worth it you know, this is American ingenuity it, in its it, finest. It's yeah. And how much did you get if you won? I forgot. It was like $25,000. That would barely cover like all the reconstructive surgery you would need. Well, you got to remember in the er- like early 90s, that was a lot of it money. Was, I mean, yes, it was a lot of money. Infl- but Compared to the inflation to costs now, nowadays, but it was a lot at, of money. I mean, even then, all the welts and the... <laughs> Doctor visits and the chiropractic visits, you would have to go 25 grand out the window in a day. Oh, yeah. That was putting your body through physical abuse yep. just for the, the competition. And just to say I was on TV. But let's face it, we were kids at that point. And if 
they would have done a kids version of gladiators. Oh, they actually there is a, a watered down version of American Gladiators called Wipeout. Yeah. Well, there if we if we wouldn't have Wipeout or what? like American Ninja Warrior without American Gladiators. Yeah. No, you Amer- American Gladiators really was the innovation of that style. Mm-hmm. And they said the first season they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. No, it it showed. Yeah. They were like trying to figure everything out and they were hiring like stunt guys. Yeah. I mean, makes sense. Yeah. So it was like they got stunt guys to help test out to try to figure this shit out. Yeah. I mean, I would, that, that actually makes sense. Yeah. It, like they were, they were trying, when they tried to do like the sticking the guys on the wall, like that would never work because they completely forgot the laws of physics. Yep. Legs are just dangling. Nothing's actually going to stick. Yeah. <laughs> And they said they got that off of the idea from an episode of like David Letterman's talk show where he yeah, went, he did that, and, and, and it was just like, oh god. And they still do that stuff yeah. to this day, like sticking, like people use the Velcro suits mm-hmm. to stick to a wall. I'm like, it, I think they did that at our college during those, Probably. like, no, they they had the events like yeah, on those, the campus. Yeah, those stupid things. events. How many of them did you actually go to when we were in school? None. <laughs> I showed up, I went to class, I went home. See, I was the, what was it? I was the secretary, then became the vice president of the film club there. And we had, the shittiest thing was they wanted us to participate. So the clue credits. I, I, see, I got in before I had to take clue credits. Oh, yeah. No, I got, I got in just as they did the clue credits. Now, I was able to wipe out all my clue credits without going to anything external from my film club. Because the film club, we were able to make movies listed as an event mm-hmm. that got us the clue credit. <laughs> so it was an ingenious strategy. Yeah. But it's like later on when I went back afterwards and I went for round two, <laughs> which that went nowhere, but I did manage to go. I made some good friends and stuff. You, mm-hmm. you know, Henry. Yeah. So, But yeah, so I went and I'm like, I literally went and sat there and I had to set up those events. Oh God. Oh God. Indeed. was right. Working there and setting up the events. I never really did any of the events. I think I did maybe like the laser tag. That was fun. That was fun. Yeah. But outside of that, I was like, done. Like I really didn't No. It was like, come get in and get out. But now you did get a chance to watch secret invasion. Yep. I talked a little bit about my impression on the last episode of the first episode of it. I didn't want to do anything spoilery, but now we're going to start kind of tapping into the spoiler elements. There's two episodes out. And frankly, it's a tonal shift. Yes, it is. So it's getting used to the new tone of the show. Every Marvel show seems to have like a, a different shift. You know, Ms. Marvel was very, like, kid style. Mm -hmm. It was more towards a female audience and, like, a younger crowd, which it took me a while to get into because of that. She-Hulk was more... Comedy. Comedy It was like a... a, I would like to say it was more like an Allie McBeal. Because it, it focused on her being a lawyer, but then there was all the goofy stuff, too. Yeah. So... I would say it's kind of like throwback to like an Ally McBeal style 
like lawyer comedy drama. Yeah. Because there were some dramatic elements of her trying to find a date, yeah. but those also became kind of funny as well. I mean, when you look at Moon Knight, Moon Knight was very serious in tone, I, but it had its comedic moments. Good job, genius. I liked it. <laughs> I tried to get into Moon Knight. I gave it a shot. Um, yeah, you won't. <laughs> I gave Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Moon Knight. I gave it a shot. Couldn't really get into it. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. I just, I, I couldn't do it. I, I tried. I watched a couple episodes and I was like, yeah. Really? Yeah. I mean, I tried. I gave, I legitimately tried to give it a shot. And I was like, like with like Loki and um, with Loki, with the Willow, with She-Hulk. Um, yeah. It was like everybody, okay, got to watch it. Got to watch it. Got to watch it. Watched a couple of episodes of Moon Knight. I was like, I really don't have to watch it. Yeah, you did. You know, it, it was like homework. I didn't really want to watch <laughs> it. I kept finding excuses not to do it. Yeah, I, I, like, I, I noticed. Notes. Yeah, I noticed that. Th- thankfully, because of you pulling everything, your camera froze. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm like sitting here trying to figure this out as we're in the middle of recording. Because how do I get Mike's camera to start working again? <laughs> Uh, it's a beautiful thing, but we're going to, we're going to barrel through as I try to figure this out for our video version. But yeah, so now what was your impression of the first episode of in Secret Invasion? Um, felt like I was watching uh, a Bourne movie, like a Jason Bourne movie. Yeah. Well, very, very James Bondish. Um, took me a little bit to really on the, like I'm, I'm still left with a few questions as to who was real and who was a scroll. Um, you know, uh, can I give away a little bit of a spoiler now? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Listen, like Martin, the, the, the first episode alone was two is, weeks, was two weeks ago. Right. So Martin Friedman's character. Yeah. Uh, what was his name in the show? Not agent. Agent Ross. Yeah. Agent Ross. Agent Ross. Was he, he wasn't Colson, he was Ross. Right, yeah, he was Colson. He was Ross. Yeah. Was he a scroll the entire time you saw him, or was he just replaced? I it, it was little things like that that I kind of got a little little confused on. I feel like he was replaced because I feel like he was dealing more with the Wakanda stuff for Black Panther and everything. So it seems like to me that was more of the thing. Okay, so, I mean, that's one of the things when I watch it, I'm a little, okay, is this person legit? Is this person from, you know, was this character always a scroll and we just didn't figure it out yet? Well, that's the thing. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the thing that they want to keep you guessing. Okay, was this, you know, you saw him back in Winter Soldier. Was he a scroll then? You know, how far back does it go? Because when you watched uh, Captain Marvel... The scrolls have been here since the 90s, uh, 80s, 90s, 90s, 90s. Yeah, because Captain Marvel took place in the 90s. In the 90s. So because of that, we're now sitting there and it's like, okay, well, you know, mm-hmm. see how this all plays out. But it's interesting to see the dynamic because of how Fury's changed over the years, too. Mm-hmm. And it was great seeing the character of Maria Hill back. Yep. So, I mean, seeing these actors coming back for these parts was absolutely worth it. Mm-hmm. And I, I liked how they changed Nick Fury's character 
where when you see him in the Avengers and you see him basically anywhere else before the blip, he like he like Maria Hill said he was always four moves ahead of everybody else. Yeah, and here he's kind of like. Okay, let me see what happens. You know, I think like to me it seems he's he's not as sure of himself as he was before he got blipped out. Yeah, the the blip really did change things. I still hate that name. The blip. The blip. Well, what else are you gonna call it? The snap. Well, that's what everyone else calls it, which makes the most fucking sense because it was the Thanos snap. But you know, the vanishing. You know, there there were other ideas. I'm like the blip really does sound like something it that something a, on a radar, like a blip. Yeah, but it also sounds like what teenagers would call it. And I mean, let's face it, it came from Spider-Man: Far From Home, so it makes the most sense that that would be the thing. So you know, we got to sit there and like deal with that. But it's yeah, no, like. The, the tonal shift definitely changed up everything. And Nick Fury, it's Samuel Jackson. You're going to love him no matter what. Yeah. But it's like, this is more grizzled. You mm-hmm. can tell he's been gone a while. It, you could tell it took its toll on him. Yeah. Disappearing for those five years that the, the so-called blip was supposed to take place and really did a number on him. Y- yes, but... I hear this thing when everybody like in all the other films, it said they didn't feel the five years. It was like a blink of an eye for them. Yeah. You know, but again, the green lights on. Yeah, I know. But, um, fix the camera. You know, I'm trying production value here. I'm trying, you know, (laughs) well, obviously when it, when you try to production value, it didn't work. So I'm just bringing in my own value. Your value is worthless. Obviously not, because you got shit. Anyway, uh, back to Nick Fury. Bendejo. Ah, yes. It's now, now you I'm know. Deaf. Now you know how that fucking feels. It's a good thing I'm deaf. Anyway, you jackass. Back. To... This is as American as it gets right now, motherfucker. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. When he, when he, you, you could tell it, he, it took its toll. I mean, think about it. If you disappear for five years and then you come back, shit's gonna change. And you're missing five years, and five years in the quote-unquote intelligence community. It's a long-ass time. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, Fury disappearing for five years, and, I mean, granted, you understand why the scrolls are upset. Mm-hmm. By the time you get to the second episode and you really see, like, okay, they're upset because they feel like he didn't keep his promise about finding them a new home. It's like... Half the fucking population disappeared. They could have snuck in the whole fucking time well, they said- and they wouldn't know and no one would notice because and a lot of people don't realize that they are doing secret invasion not the same way as the comics. No. They're changing things up to make it so it's a secret invasion that fits in the MCU. So that's just gotta be taken right out of the bat. Like yeah. It's like, understand, if you're a comic book purist and you're, you're like, yeah, th- you're not, you're going to see the differences and be like, oh, so it's in name only. Yeah, pretty yeah, much. Pretty much. I mean, something, I mean, I like it when comic books, when comic book movies stay true to the comic book because that's what 
you expect. Yeah. You know? Um, granted, not everything can be done verbatim as in as in the book. Just it's it's impossible. Yeah, things don't always, don't always line matter. up and it, it, it just physically and you know, it, you just can't do certain things. Yeah, I mean if you Lord of the Rings, prime example. Mm-hmm. The first movie, The Fellowship of the Ring, there if you've ever read the books, there's literally six chapters of they're walking in the woods, they're walking in the woods, Tom Bombadil comes and saves them. They're walking in the woods, they're walking in the woods, Tom Bombadil comes and saves them. It's literally six fucking chapters of that. It didn't get put into the movie. You didn't need it. I mean, the whole fucking movie, them walking in the woods. Yeah, it's it's a lot of walking already. Mm-hmm. But they they needed to up the pacing. Mm-hmm. And now you're going to introduce another character that he's there for the first thing and then disappears? Yeah. It, it It's not going to make sense. I think, so, I think with, with Secret Invasion, if you take it as an offshoot or an alternate version of the comic book, you will enjoy it. Oh, yeah. If you casually glanced at the Secret Invasion storyline in the comic books and then you watched the show, you will enjoy it. Just keep in mind, it's separate from the comic books. Watch the show. Go get the trade paperback. Yeah. Now, Read it. Make, make comparison. Now, the second episode came out, and we're going to spoil stuff oh. right now. Okay. Because people have already been talking mm-hmm. about it online. And what, because theory is, Rhodey's a scroll. Okay. And it seems very possible. and Because, let's face it, Rhodey is kind of acting a little out of character when he's in this scene with Fury. And it's like, when he's in front of, like, the other world leaders and he's, like, trying to explain, that seemed very roady. Yes. But once he's in the restaurant with Fury, it kind of seems like he's trying to egg out the Avengers. Mm-hmm. It's like, motherfucker, you, you're you on the Avengers. Right. You could call them yourself. You could, call them, you could bring them down yourself. You made your comment about the fact that your other suit is made of titanium. Mm-hmm. So it's like, seriously, and, you have your war machine armor. You are an Avenger. And also, if you think about it, if you think about it, when you saw Rhodey standing in Infinity War, he had that harness on him. Yeah, he had his legs all wrapped up in the harness mm-hmm. to be able to walk because he was paralyzed. He was paralyzed. So is that, I mean, maybe, okay, you, you can make the point, oh, he had it on under his pants suit. But... If you if you see later on, he doesn't have it. Oh shit, that's a major spoiler right there. Yeah. He's a scroll. Okay. And, and I mean I and think, they can, I they think can he, always say, Oh, we made, you know, we put implants on his spine. I think he was still wearing it during Captain America Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The Captain mm-hmm. America series. Yeah. Because they did show him I, I think don't he's, him in it. He was in it for like one ep- like the first episode, I believe. Because when it's like they, he was talking to Falcon about the she about the shield and giving it up mm-hmm. because the government took it and then gives it to an idiot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, no. So I, I I vaguely remember him being in it. I mean, yeah. I, remember, I remember the episode. I just don't. Really I'd have to him. go back and watch it again, which is something I probably will do at some point. It was a good show. Yeah, but it that was another tonal shift, mm-hmm. just like this one. So it's like bouncing around with the tone, but this really felt like Rhodey is a scroll already. He just doesn't know how to right. get the rest of the Avengers because everyone's off on their own. Right. And for all we know, Ant-Man's already still in the quantum mania as this is taking place. That is true. 
So now Fury though, the ending though was a real twist. I was not expecting that ending. Fury coming home. Oh yes, 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 yes. He's coming home to a wife, and the wife is a scroll. The wife is a scroll. Meanwhile, he just told Ro- he he just tells Rhodey, who's possibly a scroll, that it's like we've had you- seriously, like, come on, like, I'm not giving up my. You can't pull rank. They wanted to take his DNA. Mm-hmm. If they took Fury's DNA, they were copying him. Oh, without a doubt. So it for that, it really seems like Rhodey's a scroll. Yeah, or at least. Working with this. Yeah, because he told Talos earlier, it's like, you think that human beings can't even get along with each other. And you think the scrolls and humans can all get along? Meanwhile, Fury's supposedly married married to to a a scroll. (laughs) I will say, Amelia Clark, her character really seems to be like the most spy style character in the show so far. Yes. And. I love it. Like, she's, like, almost playing both sides. Mm-hmm. And her playing an older version of Talos's daughter. I think she, she kind of, I think she's a double agent. You know, originally uh, working for the people, for the bad guys, yeah. but then. I think a lot of the people thought originally she was going to be, like, the, the new scroll queen. Mm-hmm. And it's like, nope, this doesn't seem to be like that. But, you know. She's doing a great job. Like, this cast is amazing. Yep. And I can't wait to see who they bring in next. Because it's only a six, I think, what is it? Six. Six six episodes. You know, we get confused on the episode count because they lie to us sometimes and tell us, oh, it's going to be over. Thank you, Flash. And then here's four more episodes. episodes. (laughs) Because it really seemed like it would have ended with the whole thing with Oliver and Barry. It like, should have ended there. It, it started there. It should have ended there. Yeah. But, you know, that's a whole other. <laughs> that's, that's a whole other episode. Yeah. Now, when it came down to it, though, Fury putting on the wedding ring and it's like with the scroll, that to me was just like, okay. You know, See now, some people can get along with other people. But if if you I, I think he knows she's a scroll, because oh. if you remember, he was living up on the space station with them. Yeah. So I. I believe he knows she's a scroll, and, and she's just using that. Well, you facade. know, they said you know how to get in touch with me. Oh, well, apparently there's a scroll life that you can get in touch with. There you go. <laughs> you know, that's kind of like it's like Fury has a secret family. It, the, what is? What did he? They turned him into Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although, I mean, it would have been it would be nice to see Hawkeye again, but you know, Jeremy Renner still like on Rehabbing, the mend. Yes, but. That man is amazing. He really is. That man really is War Machine now. Yeah. No, he, he he is a true Avenger because mm-hmm. he's a literal hero. Yeah. So, I mean, we 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 love Jeremy Renner. Like, I, I swear, the first thing I ever saw him in was National Lampoon Poon. Senior, senior, yep. senior, senior trip. trip. That was absolutely so much fun. Yep. And he's only gotten better and better as yep. time he has gone on. He was in uh, Eddie and the Cruisers to Eddie Lives. <laughs> Oh God! I yeah. think that might have came out before Senior Trip. Actually. Yeah, but I only saw I saw Senior Trip. I didn't see Eddie and the Cruisers too. Oh. I saw the first one. The first one was good, and I, I just bought it because the soundtrack was good. Oh, you mean Gre- like Grease Two came out? It's like oh, the first Grease came out, so we're gonna do a sequel. It's like no, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Now they make a prequel. Yeah, Rise <laughs> of the Pink Ladies. <laughs> you know that's 
once again, as American as it gets, we're just going to keep doing more. We're going to beat we're, this horse until it's dead. And, and I, once it's dead, we're going to beat it some more. And, and then we're going to we're going to eat we're the gonna cl- we're, then we're, we're going to clone it. And we're going to cl- again. We're going to clone it, but we're going to eat the flesh off the carcass. There, it really is like oh. just oh god. But no, so I mean, the casting that they've done so far for Secret Invasion, I am really looking forward to seeing where this goes because this does carry like an element of like the discrimination and stuff that's going on. So it's like trying to be hot, live in secret, you know, which is funny because there's another show that came out and I, I was so excited. I forgot to watch secret invasion when it came out on Wednesday. I saw, I, I turned on the TV on Thursday cause I, I had to work. I go and I come out and I'm like, I'm, I get home. I turn on the TV and I see like secret. Inv- I saw secret invasion was there. I'm like, all right, I will watch it when I wake up and I'm looking and I get a notification that warrior season three dropped on max the first three episodes came out and i love that show like warrior is absolutely amazing now i don't know if you saw the first two seasons this is something that i highly recommend everybody watch because warrior really is like it's what kung fu should have been if it was bruce lee instead of David Carradine. And I know there's a lot of people out there that love Kung Fu. Well, congratulations. Warrior, I'm going to say something as controversial as it gets. Warrior kicks the shit out of Kung Fu. Really? Come at me. For you, that is a bold statement. Come at me. Because I don't care. Come at me in the email. You know how to get in touch with me. That's dragoonslayerpodcast at gmail.com. That's all one word. Dragoon is spelled with two O's. That's dragoonslayerpodcast at gmail.com. And if you notice I'm saying it a little more bitter, send me some goddamn emails, people. Show him some love. You know, seriously, I'm trying to get this motherfucker to get a goddamn magnum stash and you won't even help me out. And I've even upped the ante. Because you didn't listen to the last episode like these other bastards out there didn't. That's right. You heard me. Now, let's be clear. I up the ante on this one. You grow a magnum mustache, I'll shave my goatee. Well, I don't think I've ever seen you without a goatee. It's been a long, long time. So I will literally lose the goatee. He gets a magnum stash and I go clean shaven. There you go. This is something... For the ages. And I've upped the ante. And it all it is is the exact same thing. 50 followers on all of our accounts. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. I don't actually we don't fucking really have, have Twitter, Twitter anymore. But on like literally YouTube, on Spotify, I want 50 followers on each platform. He gets a magnum stash, and I well, go clean shaven. On Instagram, we are up to 43 followers. That's 43. Okay, almost there. What about Facebook? Uh, let me check it out. Hang on. The facing book. <laughs> yes, that is the Mario Brothers theme I am oh, God. coming, or whatever the hell you want to call it. Okay. Uh, Jackass. Get rid of that. <laughs> uh, 
Um, Move faster. <laughs> really, Dick? Move faster. Uh, we have eight. We have eight followers. See, this is what I'm talking about. This is the problem. I want him with a magnum stash. People, help us out here. I don't want to shave my goatee. I really don't. I love my goatee. It is my look. It is my signature. Him, magnum stash, it would be worth it. And I'm upping the ante. So, back to Warrior, though. Warrior takes place, like, after the... Like, what is it? Like, after the Intercontinental Railroad's been built, it's in California. You've got the Chinese immigrants coming in. So, you have, like, the Chinatown there, along with... You have the Irish immigrants mm -hmm. that are looking for fair wages. You've got politicians that... And businessmen that are using the Asian workers as act like cheaper labor so it's causing friction between the irish and the chinese yep because they're brawling and then you have the cops that are busting down on chinatown the main the main character in this he was storm shadow in gi joe the rise of uh, snake eyes okay. so gi joe snake eyes he was that's not the same guy who was in the first two films. now completely different it better recasting I thought it, he like, did an okay job. The first guy did a good job, but it was just like this this one, he wasn't like obsessed with the Baroness where it was like really creepy. Mm. It's like, I will kill anyone around you. Normally it was Destro and the Baroness yeah. together, so it was like a little weird, you know. But it's it really is like one of those shows and it's based on Bruce Lee's actual writing. Mm -hmm. So because it's based on Bruce Lee's writing and his daughter Shannon Lee went in and she's fixed it up and like updated things, it is phenomenal. It is absolutely one of the best produced shows out there. It started off, I think, on like Epics and HBO got it during 2020. There was all the Asian hate that was coming out because we had a moron calling it things the China virus. You, you can argue with it however you want on this one, but Asian people in the U.S. didn't deserve the hate that they were getting for this, and it was bullshit. And this came out and did so well on HBO Max when it was still HBO Max. Right, that was just Max. Yeah, it's Max. Assholes. Max. Yeah. But yeah, now they were able to get a season three, and we knew they got a season three back in 2020. It was like 2020, 2021, they announced they got the, and it took them until 2023 for the season. So, I mean, it is absolutely phenomenal a show. Anybody should be checking this out. Mm -hmm. Now, with that being said, we're going to move on to the main topic. So, Mike, you want right, to lead it, us off? Since it is 4th of July weekend, when me and Danny had our pre- production meeting which basically was just a text what are we talking about this week <laughs> i was like you know fourth of july weekend let, let's let's go a little patriotic you know let, let's let's deal with some american-based films where you know deal with you know america so i have a couple of films off the top of my head that kind of like sums it up first okay going in the realm of sports 
Of course. Miracle. Okay. About the 1980s U.S. men's hockey team. All right. Again, I, I, I thought you were going to pick a different movie, but what? I thought you were going to go with Rocky Four. No. That is American I, I, that, exceptionalism. That is American, but I was thinking, I was trying to keep it, you know, like kind of real. I mean, yes, Rocky can make the case between Cold War and everything, but this is okay. This is more real. So, again, you know, you have how the team gets put together, how they uh, went through everything, how they bonded, and ultimately beat the Russians. But what a lot of people don't remember is they didn't beat the Russians to win the gold medal. Yeah, they beat the Russians to play against Finland. To I think it was Finland, Finland or Poland to get the right to play for the gold medal. Because if, if they lost, they would have gotten bronze, I believe. Yeah. If, if they lost against Finland, they would have got bronze. But, again, you know, you had uh, the late Herb Brooks on set as a consultant. And, unfortunately, he passed away just after principal photography was done. But, um, yeah, you, you, I, Miracle. Okay. Great film. Yes, Miracle is... Absolutely phenomenal off of a real mm-hmm. actual event. Even if you're event. not a hockey fan. It's, it's, just, an, just it's watch an, this. It's You'll an, get inspired. Yeah, it is inspirational. Kurt Russell does a great job as Herb Brooks. Yep. Um, Kurt Russell is highly underrated. Very underrated. I mean, uh, a lot of the players on the, who make up the team... A lot of them, like, you've seen before, but none of them really stand out as like, oh, I know this guy. So that also helped make you focus more on the story than the actors yeah. in it. Um, number two, another Kurt Russell film, Tombstone. Okay. Okay, Old West, Lane, you got to lay the law down, you know, Cowboys versus the Earps. Um you know, just just the history of it. Okay. You know, very entertaining and also factual. Um, number three, the Alamo, but th- not the one with John Wayne, the one with um Billy Bob Thornton. Okay. You know, it has Billy Bob Thornton. It has um the guy from um the Conjuring movies. Patrick Wilson, I believe is. I think so. Patrick Wilson, he's in it. Um, and it's you know, Billy Bob plays uh David Crockett. Jason Patrick plays uh Jim Bowie. You know, and it's historical fact. You know, this is what happened. It tells you like we all know, you know. Okay, oh yeah, the Alamo, the Mexicans. Okay, well, what happened? How did they get into the Alamo? How did everybody come here? You know, what was going on? You know, and it shows you the three days of the battle and what was going on. And it showed you at the end when um, General Sam Houston, played by. um... Oh, fuck. (laughs) I see his face. Inner Space Guy, Randy Quaid. There you go. Um, He plays General Sam Houston. They said at the end, you know, that whole battle between Sam Houston's army and the Mexican army was over in 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Again. The whole battle and the whole war was over. They got Mexico. 20 minutes. 
Um, so that was number three. Number four. I gotta, you know, I gotta throw Indiana Jones in there. <laughs> you know, that's patriotic to you. Oh, kind of. Stop pulling the cables. Okay. Uh, another patriotic movie. Um. Okay. Pride of the Yankees. Because you know, baseball, apple pie. Fucking Yankees. Oh, I don't hate the Yankees. Hey, but, uh, although today, July 1st, is, if you're a Met fan, it is Bobby Bonilla Day. So congratulations. You get to pay him for doing nothing. <laughs> yes, let's give this man $50 trillion payable every July 1st. And then the rest of the Mets fans can just collectively commit suicide as they sit there and go, fuck. Listen, I don't watch sports for the most part, but I am a Mets fan. I. No heartbreak all too well. Yes, you do. So, to every one of you Yankees fans out there, fuck you. <laughs> Your team was bought for so long that that's the only reason why you got as they, many wins. They produce. They produce. Anyway. <laughs> they produce uh, shit. Hey, um, hey 20, 26, 27 world championships, 28. How many they got? All Most? bought and paid for. Doesn't matter. Just Champion, like the Patriots. Champions of the champion, man. <laughs> Anyway, it's just like the bullshit Patriots. Uh, fuck Patriots. <laughs> fuck football. That's right. I said it. Fuck football. Um, and rounding it out, number five, another sports film because again, the underdog, the first major league. <laughs> of course, you went major league. I'm major league. Okay. So, Patri- those are, I mean, yes, the first two were good. See, and the rest of them kind of went. Eh. See, I'm more of a traditional 80s what exemplifies america you're gonna say american ninja aren't you yes i am <laughs> i'm gonna say american ninja um, which one the first one? Oh, of course uh, michael dudikoff he was in like one, the first three wasn't no it? one two four was michael dudikoff they replaced him for number three mm-hmm. and then in four him and the other guy are together but I have to say number one and two mm-hmm. because Action Jackson. Action. Come uh, on. My, my favorite Jackson line. coming out with the two butterfly swords yes. at in the second one. I think it, <laughs> I think my favorite scene, I think it was from number the second one. Jackson is fighting that one ninja and you know, they're going back and forth <laughs> and Jackson keeps knocking him down and he keeps walking away, but the, the ninja keeps popping back up. Yeah. So finally he hits him and he goes go up and he goes, Stay, Stay down! down. And the guy just collapsed. I'm like, that's that is, awesome. That is literally the all time best moment seconded by him with the two butterfly swords, like just swinging them yep. around. You were just like, he pulls out butterfly swords. But the first movie, though, it was like military base, yeah. very American, you know. And then I got to go with Rambo First Blood. Which was the second installment? Because the first one is very depressing when you actually think about it. Well, I believe wasn't it wasn't Rambo also? I don't know. It wasn't a book, but in the original one, of the first drafts that Stallone wrote at the end when he's in the um, where did he have the big shootout at the end? I for- it was either the police station or wherever the big shootout was, and you had Rambo talking to Truman. Rambo kills himself. He he says i you know yeah i come home i fought a war over there i come here yeah. i'm fighting the same morning because i'm done and he blows his brains out yeah 
see, now I go with the second one because that one was like so American, like gun ho go into another country and like bomb the shit out of things and blow people up. That is what a lot of everyone thought of American exceptionalism in the eighties. Come on. There's no, there is no way around it. I do have a sports movie on my list though. Okay. Remember the Titans. Yes. That, that is another Remember true the, good movie. It is a, an amazing movie with a phenomenal cast. Mm-hmm. And again, that cast, like you see some of them now that you realize that you know who they are, like um, Ryan Gosling's in it. Yep. Okay. And you'll see some of them like, oh, this one. And you had a very young Hayden Panettiere in it. Yep. But again, at the time when it came out, they weren't known. They weren't household names. So you kind of paid more attention to the story being told yeah. than the actors in it. But you also, sense. but you also did have Ethan Supley. Yes, you had. I mean, Ethan the, Supley. I mean, the the transformation he's oh, made over the years, like, is phenomenal. Amazing. But I mean, he was best known really for Boy Meets World until yeah. Remember until, the Titans. Uh, no, he was also in Mallrats. And American History X. You're going to say Mallrats because of the fact that you are pretty much blowing Kevin Smith. Not right like, now. Yeah. But you would. No. It, please. No. If he pulled it down and said to do it, you would. No, I wouldn't. Yes, you would. No, I wouldn't. You are fanboyed on beyond fanboy. No, I am a fanboy. I will admit I am a Kevin Smith fanboy, but when it comes to Oral, no, not when there's something in it for me. <laughs> If he says, do this, and I will give you a movie contract, fuck, let's go, all right. <laughs> but if there's nothing in it for me, I'm not doing it for myself. Fuck that. No, he's got a wife to do that shit. <laughs> oh, he's got Jason Mewes. But, that um, too. <laughs> now, that's the thing. Now, you know, when I also when I look at, like, American movies, like, exceptionalism, I got to go Top Gun. Okay. And I don't mean Maverick. I mean... The first one. The first one. Mm-hmm. I mean... There is nothing more American than seeing the fighter jets and everything. Mm-hmm. Like that's why we have those patriotic moments of like the military shows of like the planes. The everyone knows like it's an event going to see the Blue Angels flying yeah. overhead. Fleet Week. Yeah, <laughs> Slut Week. That's the one. No, I will say it. Yeah. I and I'm I'm gonna say it now because I don't care. You know, I'm gonna tell the story. My ex-girlfriend of mine she went and we're sitting there she found that it was fleet week and she was getting all excited i looked at her and i'm like you know you have a boyfriend right and she's like yeah but i can still look i knew i was gonna have trouble from that second she then went off to go and after we split up oh you know she was at fleet week I am glad I am not with her because, um, yeah, I don't know what port she would have gotten something from. But, no. Listen, I have a lot of respect for our troops, mm-hmm. and, but Fleet Week really brings out the groupie sluts. Oh, yeah, it does. You know, But that has nothing to do with the Navy. No. Fleet Week, it's, it's all the military. It doesn't yeah. mean anything. Like, every mil- branch of the military during F- Fleet Week really gets, like, their appreciation. Right. The thing is, it just brings out a whole bunch of women 
that -hmm. are looking to bang a soldier. And unfortunately, you have a bunch of soldiers that are too stupid to realize. And when that happens, they end up having an illegitimate child that they don't know about, Mm -hmm. which is more common than you'd realize. And then they wonder why their military checks have to go to child support. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a broad generalization that does not mean that we are supporting any of these comments. This is a general opinion that please get upset with me and send me an email at dragoonslayerpodcast at gmail.com. That's dragoonslayerpodcast, all one word. Dragoon is spelled with two O's. That's dragoonslayerpodcast at gmail.com. I dare you to challenge me on that opinion. Now, my last one, Okay. it's a little unusual. Mm-hmm. Not unusual for me, but I actually have to say, it's going to be the Navy Toxic Seals. Avenger. Fuck you and Navy <laughs> Seals. The Toxic Avenger. Okay, you have to explain a Toxic Avenger. How? I have to explain it? No, I mean, like, <laughs> yes, explain I, Explain why? Yes. Okay, now, let's, it takes place in Tromaville, New Jersey. Okay. You've got, if you go back and you watch it, there is a shot where you get to see the towers. Okay. So when I can see the, t- the towers in a movie, it really makes me feel like home. Like it brings me back to a simpler time, but it's also one of those movies where it was made on a low budget, very low, it innovative. Mm-hmm. It was like, who would have ever thought of a movie with environmentalism mixed in, with a hideously deformed creature of superhuman size and strength. And I have to say that for the Toxic Crusaders cartoon, because I think they said it like at least five times in each episode. Mm -hmm. Hideously deformed creatures of superhuman size and strength. But yeah, no, the the Toxic Avenger character of Toxie, I mean, bullied guy that gets picked on in a gym because he's the janitor. The janitor of the gym gets picked on, ends up being teased by the girls in the movie, gets tricked into wearing a tutu, and ends up falling into a vat of toxic chemicals that turns him into a heroic monster. What's more American than that? Exactly. Let's face it. You've got all these people screaming, good guy with a gun, good guy with a gun. No. In a mop. Yeah. He cleaned up crime literally in Tromaville, New Jersey. He didn't just beat up the villains. He killed them. He's like the Punisher. Oh, well, Punisher's a vigilante, but no, this was he's a Toxie's a hero because mm-hmm. his his senses go off. He he has like a kind of spider sense almost, but it's when it's when he's around evil and it may it angers him and he goes off. He's dating a blind woman. There you go. There you go. It's like, what's more American than a monster with a beautiful woman killing what, criminals? Wasn't it Julie Brown, the girlfriend? I don't think so. You want to pull it up? Okay. Let's take, while Mike takes a look at this. Now, remember, you can listen to us on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio. You can actually listen to the fucking show. You can watch us on YouTube, and you can watch the video episodes on Spotify. So I'm going to be a little more vulgar right now because you people need to actually support us. We love you guys. 
We really do. I want this show to keep going, but for God's sakes, don't beat me down like this. I put production quality in on the episode, and my Spotify has literally no one listen. So, seriously, when there's a solo episode, I I don't know what to say here. It's like... Seriously, I really came up with some good stuff on that last episode. So you guys really need to check it out. It will be available on YouTube, but you can watch the video on Spotify and you can listen to the audio versions on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and anywhere where you listen to your podcasts. So you got the actress? The, the uh, Her name in the film is Sarah? Yes. It's Andre, Andre Mar, Miranda, Miranda, yeah. Andre Miranda. Andy, A-N-D-R-E, A-N-D-R-E-E, Andrew. Okay, and I believe she was replaced in the second one, and the the second and the third, and he actually goes to Japan in like the second one and learns how to sumo wrestle. So you get get Toxie in a diaper. It's like, that's why, it's like, you were were like, the Toxic Avenger, no, 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 he can't. It's like, how is that American? It's it's American. It's as American as it gets. It's the power fantasy of, like, the scrawny guy becoming the big guy, the big strong hero. Yeah, he becomes a monster, but it's but, hey, you trade one for the other, and he still got the hot girl. Yeah, go figure. Yeah, and so what's more American in idealism than that? Uh, just for quick before we wrap things up, um, I like to have a moment of silence for Mr. Alan Arkin who passed away uh, yesterday. Alan Arkin, and we also moment of silence for wrestler draws draws yes draws yeah, that was hang on a second yep. hey thank you yeah yeah that was i was like what the fuck yeah we uh, people are dropping like flies fruity ass what the hell is a fruity ass <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a, it's a shame we're mm-hmm. we're we're going into those days of losing actors yep. again but i mean Unfortunately, Draws had um, health Draws. issues because he was paralyzed. Well, so. I I read when I looked him up, he did regain movement in his arms. Yeah, he got some, some of his upper body. Yeah, he got some of the movement, but not all of it. So yeah. it, it's a shame that he's passed away. Alan Arkin, I I, I thought you were going to be really upset when I first saw like Alan had passed away, and but it was like I thought it was going to be Alan Alda, and I well, was he like, he has Parkinson's. I know that. Yeah. But I, I when it when I when I saw Alan and I was like it wasn't Alda I was like okay Mike's gonna be upset but he's not gonna be that it's not gonna like, be the I'm same level be, like I'm not gonna be like crying oh no you'd be crying if it was Alan Alda no, I you, with the with the amount of mash you I like watch mash. I like I do I like mash but yeah I'm not gonna cry listen I've watched mash and I'm not saying I won't watch episodes here and there but not to the extent that you watch mash it's the extent that I watch mash. Every single day. No, not every day. You watch MASH every single day because you're watching me TV all the time, and they play MASH every single I day. Have, honestly, a lot of time I have TV on. I just have it on for noise in the background. Yeah. So how about you put this show on in the background? Asshole. Okay. <laughs> Actually, pay attention because otherwise you would have known that I was calling you Bronson Pinchot in the last episode. And I want everyone. Cousin Bat, Cousin Daddy. That's right. I want everyone to send Mike messages. I said this in the last episode. 
I will repeat it again. I want everyone to send Mike messages on his Instagram, Facebook, all of his socials, really, and call him Balky. <laughs> Listen, if you're Balky, that makes me Cousin Larry, so that's not really a step up for me. That is true. <laughs> you oh. know? Yeah. Although it was nice to see the actor come back, like back in the spotlight as She-Hulk's dad. Yes. That one was a nice surprise. Yeah, he, but he's also in uh Blue he was in Blue Bloods for a while. Yeah, but I wasn't watching Blue Bloods. It was to me it was more of a shock seeing him in She-Hulk. Yeah. I was I not expecting, expecting Yeah, I did not expect him to be She-Hulk's dad. But it fit. Yeah. It, it definitely fit. Oh, absolutely. And you know, it's the 4th of July coming up. I think we're, I, at this point, I think this is going to be our 4th of July episode. Yeah. And I, so we want everyone to be safe out there. If you're using your fireworks. Remember, drink heavily. Drink heavily. And remember, hold the fireworks in your hand. Close as fist. Yes, as you're lighting it. And you want to wait. Count to three. Not one. Not on two. Definitely not four. No, not on five. On three. Then throw it. Remember, it's one, two, bang. Exactly. Now, Hello. we oh. want you to be safe and yeah, don't, don't, safe. don't, don't, lo- don't, 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 don't pull a Jason Pierre poll. Yeah, listen, please do not end up in the emergency room because you, you lost fingers. Yeah. You know, save that for table sauce. Yeah, seriously. You know, you don't want to be nine and three quarters as Mike it's likes a to quarter. Okay, I got a quarter of a finger left. <laughs> nine and a quarter. If I had three quarters, I'd have it up past the knuckle, but I don't. Okay, it's nine and a quarter. Listen, I was bad at fractions. No okay? shit. Listen, that's where I. That's where math and I had a disagreement. It, you I'm know, tired of finding math. Math is X. It's over. Move on. Find somebody else. Okay? Once I got to once I got to fractions, I was like, what the. No, no, I don't care. Just give me the whole thing and none of it. I don't give it. I want half. But then again, you got to remember, there's one thing that teachers back in the day lied to all of us about. Yeah, about algebra. No. Geometry. You won't, you, you won't always have a calculator in your hands. No, you won't. Now you have a full computer. Yeah, you have a full computer that can give you complex I think equations. <laughs> that there's more computing power in your cell phone than they the NASA had when they sent people to the moon. Actually, there's more computing power in your cell phone than in most people's brains. Yeah, that goes without saying. So, yes, I'm insulting people now. You you know what? This is where we're going from now on. No, I'm done. I, I, I'm literally done with this. So from, I'm the nice guy now? Oh, you know what? <laughs> I thought about this the other day, and I realized I was described once as the least faced person you will ever meet. And when I asked what that meant is what you see is what you get. Well, congratulations. You guys are about to see a whole lot more of and get a whole lot more. So congratulations. You brought this on yourselves. So now he's the nice guy. That's right. When he's the nice one, we have a fucking problem. And now the language is going to go right out the window. We are not playing nice anymore. So, this is where we give our socials. So, Mike, give out the socials. Okay, you can follow the Blue Dragoon podcast on Instagram at the Blue Dragoon. Take two. You can follow the 
God, motherfucker. <laughs> See, this is what happens when you're supposed to be the nice guy. I know. I you fuck up. I fuck up. I can't. It's been so long since I've done it. I can't. My tongue is tied. You can follow the the podcast on Instagram at Blue Dragoons Podcast. You can also follow us on Facebook at Blue Dragoons Podcast. You can follow me are at... You, are you, it's not Blue Dragoons Lair? The Blue Dragoons... Well, it's not Dragoons Lair Podcast. It it's the, blue, it's the blue Dragoons. It's the Dragoons Lair Podcast. It's like... You're, I can't. You're, anyway, <laughs> uh, you can follow me at Hamster Pellet Productions on Instagram, Facebook, and you can follow me, Michael Chavo, on Facebook. And remember, folks, when it comes to Mike, you need to contribute and give to charity for dyslexia because uh, clearly he cannot keep no, anything I, straight. I can talk. I just can't talk clearly. You also can't type clearly because it's Dragoon's Lair podcast. You're on the show and you're calling it Blue Dragoon's <laughs> So Again, it's been a while since I did this, folks. Give me a break. Now, did we get any new followers that we need to shout out? Uh, let me take a look. While I do the... Will you do your thing? Yes. I'm so you it. can find me at Blue Dragoon 13 on Spotify. You can find me on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, pretty much any of the socials. You can find me on Twitch, Blue Dragoon 13, where we have a link to the Discord page. Join the community there, and let's grow and make this Dragoony army a thing that we can all be proud of and stop pissing me off. But you can always send us emails at dragoonslairpodcast at gmail.com. That's dragoonslairpodcast, all one word, dragoon is spelled with two O's. That's dragoonslairpodcast at gmail.com. I'm not sure if I gave these people a shout-out before because it's been a while. Give it a shot, and I'll see if I remember a name. Caitlin Ferguson. Do not remember that one. She is uh, public relations for the Little Victory Theater. I've worked with her when I was stage managing a show she did there. Very cool person. Thank you for following us. Bill Doughtry. Doughtry. Bartikin 3000. Very cool guy. He actually wrote a uh, film that Andre did. That's uh, up with some awards that I was in. Thank you for following us. Uh, Allison, we already said. Uh, Albert Albanese. Yes, we did. Okay, so I get you. Uh, no, just kidding. Um, we have XX Diana X yes. underscore eighty three. Yep, and we have that's right, Peter Boyle. Yep, that's the one uh, I gave that, you. That's the, oh, okay, okay, I got you. Now I gotta I gotta look at your shit and find a name for you. So I got you. Hang on, don't you you be frightened now, baby. Uh, and we also have New Evolution Wrestling NYC. Thank they, you. They started following us, so that's Mike Squinny and me. Yep, and uh, now before we go, you want to tell everybody how your wrestling debut went. Well, I was not in the ring as a participant. I was the acting general manager. It was fun. We had, it was a small venue, so we had about, I don't know, I think 30, 35 people there. Uh, the talent put on a amazing show. We had three title match, three or four title matches that night. Um, wrestling was top notch. Our next show will be in September, possibly in Queens when we get more information. I will be throwing that along, but if you're in the New York, Queens area and you want to check out some great independent wrestling, New Evolution Wrestling, NYC, check us out. Okay, so with that being said, I want to thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for actually tuning in. Go back, listen to older episodes. Please. Because he's never going to hear the end of this, and I guarantee that, because I will be bitching at him constantly. Over this. He bitches at me anyway. So no, just, no, no. It all blends into one big bitch. Oh, this is going to get a lot worse. 
<laughs> you are really going to be suffering for this one. Okay, and that, that's another thing, folks. If you want to have him make, if you want to see him make me suffer, all we need is one. One of me more than one he did when I'm back. Okay, all you need is one viewer. Just watch it one time. It's more than one he did. There you go. Benel. Just that simple. <laughs> Say goodbye, Danny. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Now get out. See ya. Happy Fourth of July. Stay safe, everybody. Get the fuck out.